Good evening, everyone. We bless the Lord for blessing us again to be able to expound upon the word of the Lord. But we pray that the Lord will send the teacher, the spirit of truth, to help us better understand what it is the word of God is saying. So, Father, we thank you and we appreciate you in advance for opening up our understanding to your word and to your will. And we count it a privilege and an honor to be able to be revealed the wisdom of God through your manservant, James. Amen. As James expounds on the word of the Lord, we will through the truth of his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will gather more wisdom concerning the word of the Lord. If you would turn to James chapter 5, and we're going to be reading and studying 1 through 6, James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. I will be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Also, we'll be referring to Chuck Swindoll's commentary as we dive into what we know as the truth of his word. And it reads like this, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries, which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotten, and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted, and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasures. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. We praise God for the word of the Lord. As we look into this book, we see James. And he's, what he's doing in in these verses, he's talking to a certain group of people. And this group is the rich. And it sounds like the rich unbelievers. Because you have those, very few though, those that are believers of Christ that know how to balance wealth and without going overboard and coming into a selfish lifestyle and to what we will see as hoarding the things of this world. So he's talking to the rich 
unbelievers of Christ. And what he's doing, he's giving us a view of their life, how they are, and how they misuse wealth, finances, and how they uh, disregard or disrespect those that labor for them. This is what we will look at today. And so with that being said, I want you to please be careful with possibly having the love of money because we know that we need money and we need things, but it comes sin. It becomes wrong and we, we are in error if we ever get to the point of where we become lovers of money. We want to be able to have the Lord to bless us, to bless his people as believers and be able to well balance that and not come become like those unbelievers of rich people or wealthy people that are of this world, okay? So look at the first verse. The first verse says, Come now, you rich. In other words, he's bringing to the attention of the rich unbelievers. And he's saying, I need you to pay attention. Now it's time to come and be attentive to what's about to be said. Okay? So he said, Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. So he's saying to the rich that there is change that is about to take place in your life. So he's saying, uh, you might as well start weeping now and, and mourning because misery is coming upon you. What he's saying is, even though rich man or rich woman of this world of unbelievers, he's saying, Money can't buy you happiness. It can't not stop the judgment of God. And many people fail to realize that the things we do to other people, it will come back to us. Huh? So he's telling them, the rich, he said, uh, go ahead and start weeping because it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming back again. Uh, change is about to happen in your life. So look at verse 2. He said, your riches have rotten. Look at that. He said, you have hoarded so much that your riches have rotten. Let's stop there just for a second. We know that he's not talking about the poor, but the rich. And there have been many of us that have said, I have nothing. And we have considered ourselves poor. But the Bible is clear about what the poor man and the poor woman looks like. And the poor Woman and the poor man, according to scripture, uh, they're completely homeless. They have nothing. They are helpless, hopeless, and destitute. And we have plenty, to be honest. We have more than one pair of shoes. 
we have to go through our closet and look for things to wear. So we're not poor. So we have more than what we need. Sometimes we don't know how to balance what we have or we don't know how to invest when we have been given opportunity. Some of us have been blessed real good with good finances, to be honest. But we have, we, we have messed that up. We, we didn't use it wisely. And this is what the scriptures is for us to help us. There's nothing wrong with having money and having good success. We need it. But after we've been given this opportunity, what are we going to do with it? And this is what the attention comes. And we, we, we have to be careful with what we are given. We can't, we, we, we can't allow it to get to our heads and get puffed up. And we just can't misuse it. Okay? So, he's, he's telling them, you... You have so much that your garments have become moth-eaten and your riches have become rotten. He said, you're, you're hoarders, in other words. You are hoarding. He is bringing guilt upon them because of how they hoarder their riches. And this is what James is saying to these rich unbelievers. And I keep saying unbelievers because I want you to understand and recognize that believers of God shouldn't act like this. We should not act in this way. And he says, your gold in verse 3, your gold and your silver have rusted. You have so much until you just keep getting more and more and more. Until you like, you just can't, you, you don't have enough. He said, your gold and your silver has rusted. And their, and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. He's been really hard, it seems on those rich, wealthy men and women who lavish. And and he began to explain different ways of how they are hoarding their riches and how they are acting. He begins to say that you are lavishing in your feasting and the way you eat. you, you, You have so much. You're not sharing anything. That you can only get so much food before it goes bad. And a lot of times, that's why we fail in error, is that we get more than what we need. And we begin to waste food when, when there are people that's actually poor and people that are starving. He said, you, you, you're overindulging in the way you dress. You're dressing extravagantly. And you're spending wildly. He's saying... James targets these things on them. He said, you are, um, how foolish is it that you are hoarding and you're not giving? There's only so many clothing that you can buy before uh, the, the, the moth begins to eat these clothing that you just have 
laying around or in closets. Your metal is becoming tarnished. What's happening is, is James is bringing light to how they are not being givers. And we know the word of the Lord says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this is one area in my life that I do not have a problem giving. Sometimes I, 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 I give too much and, and, and see, that's why I said we got to have balance. And I, we overgive to the point to where sometimes we put our families in a mess. And so we can't misuse uh, men and women of God that have hearts like I do either. And just continue to take, take, and take and, and misuse people. Okay? But we have to, we, we have to know who we are. And, and, the, and the way that James is expressing himself and talking about the rich, the believers of Christ, we look completely opposite of this. Okay? Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, Behold, hold on, we're going to go back. I didn't get finished. It said, uh, uh, verse 3, the, the last clause of verse 3 says, It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasures. He said, He just showing how all this time when they had an opportunity to give. Now judgment time is about to come. You're even stirring up more and more. Watch this. Verse 4. Behold the pay of laborers who mold your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. So much so that the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. So he's saying, listen, it wasn't enough for you to hoarder, to hoard in things that are tangible. But you, it wasn't enough for you, rich man and rich woman, because you, you began to mistreat and misuse those that are working for you. Look how James is describing the rich people even back in those days. Is it much different now from where the rich just live lavish lifestyles and and how they go all the way out in the way they dress and and the bling bling with the jewelry? It's, It's not any different. There really isn't nothing new under the sun. There's there really is not anything new. So we see how it is that James is basically getting on them really hard here. He's, he's not leaving any room that can be mistaken or what, in other words, what good have you done with the things that you have on this earth other than being completely selfish totally selfish to the point to where you begin to cheat others you have way more than you need and you want to take from those that you owe now be careful men and women of God sometimes we don't think better or we don't think good enough of ourselves 
to while sometimes we cheat ourselves. We, we must understand the rich is rich for a purpose. And they have money because they've invested and they did what they, 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 they've invested well or they came into money and they continue to allow that money to be uh, to, to build. So the rich are rich. So some of us work for billion dollar companies like myself. And we we don't think highly of ourselves. So we'll, we'll tell those that are over us, we will work for so much. This is what we agree to work for, not valuing ourselves. So when we do that, we have agreed to work for this amount. So we, we can't blame them for cheating us in pay because we agreed to the amount given. Now, after we have worked and see the labor and see that sometimes it's more than what we expected, we, we may go back to those that are over us and say, well, this is a bit much. And I, and I feel like I cheated myself, but I, I, is there any way I can get a raise? This is what I, I'm doing. But we got to think about it when we even go for employment. Look at the job de- description. Count up the cost. And the scripture says we have not because we ask not. Sometimes we just have to lay it out there. This is what I expect to be paid. huh? Especially when you know you have labored. When you know you have the education, when you know you have the experience, don't don't uh, belittle yourself and, and and start yourself off low. But sometimes, if it's all we have is to start a job that we can get to in order to work, just to have a job, and that's all we can get at that point is something low. Then then that's better than nothing. A man that don't work, he don't eat. So if we don't want to work, there's no reason why we should be eating, correct? So, um, all I'm saying is to value who you are and the gifts that God has given you. And when you go to these job places and you say, you know, I agree to work for this much. I say that because I have entered into a contract myself to where I found myself totally overworked. But what I, I, I can't blame them because I agreed to the work and I'm going to have to finish this until this contract is over. So, and, and I say this because we, the men and women of God, we don't act like the unsaved. We have a higher standard, a standard, a spirit of excellence that we, we try our best to do things the way we want to be treated and we try to be men and women of God, disciples of God. We want to show the light of God in our lives. So if we can't finish what we, what we do, we, we may give a notice. That notice may consist of two to three days, a week, two weeks, whatever, as long as you give that notice. And say, you know, and give them that reason of why. And and sometimes you just may not be physically able to finish. And that's okay. But just don't quit on the man. Don't quit on the woman. You know, we got to do things decency and in order. But what James was saying, he said, 
uh, talking to the rich, he said, you ain't even paying those that labor for you, right? You're cheating them. And, and it's hurting them to the point that they can't even pay for what they need. Mm-hmm. Not, not that they're getting paid right and that they're misusing their money. No, you're cheating them and you're not giving them what you owe them. You're cheating them and their cries are gone out. Did you hear that? Their cries are gone out to the Lord about Sabbath. So James rebukes the rich because of their selfish lifestyles, how they are bullying, basically bullying those that labor for them. He's letting them know this is not it. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) He said, "You, you are in trouble with the Lord. Why? Because you have come against those that are crying. He said, you, you messing up, rich man. He said, he said, you're, you're coming against them. And I have, the Lord has heard their cries. The Lord of the Sabbath. What does that mean? The Lord of the armies or the Lord of hosts, the Lord that judges, the Lord that, that will come against his enemies. Hmm. So he's letting them know that judgment is coming after a while because God hears the voices of the oppressed people. People that are oppressed. Oh my God. He said, you live, you have lived luxuriously on the earth and you led a life of wanton pleasure. He was basically telling them, your time is about up. You, you, you did everything you wanted to do in this world. You chose the cares of this world. You put your treasures in this world. Men and women of God, we have to be so very careful not to put our treasures in this world, but we invest and put our treasures in that new place in the heavens. That Christ is preparing for you and me. He said, there's coming a day that you will get your just recompense. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Ah, You just couldn't get enough. Glory be to God. He's letting us know, even those that labor for those that are rich. And we have been misused in our workplaces. He said, he, he, he encourages us here that their time is coming. They will be judged. They're not getting by. And sometimes people think they're getting by because judgment ain't right off. Look how Swindow puts it. He said, finally, a lack of judgment today does not mean a lack of judgment tomorrow. Throughout this passage of James, 
He holds the warning of end times judgment over the uh, petty heads of, of those uh, that over over the heads of those of the rich. The judgment of believers is behind them. Christ bore the full punishment of death, paying for all of our sins on the cross. But judgment of unbelievers is ahead of them. Judgment is ahead of them. Of who? Of the unbelievers. Those who die rejecting Christ's face, rejecting him, not only in time suffering, if they are alive during the last days, and this is what he was talking about, referring to the hearts of the day of slaughter. He said, but also the eternal judgment after they are condemned at the great white throne judgment. And this, you can find this in the book of Revelation chapter 2, and you can read that in 11 through 15, of how uh, people think when they die, that's the end of it. No, you're going to be judged, and you're going to have to. You're going to be punished for the way you have lived your life on this side. This is what he is saying. Though you may think you're getting away for a season. In the end, the wicked deeds will be remembered by God the Father. And we will be judged. We will be judged. If we, the people of God, maintain a holy lifestyle... If we maintain our attitudes right and put our lives in the proper perspectives and priorities and not let the riches of this world cloud our view and and not starve out our spiritual man, we will soon find out and understand that some things we may not receive on this side and it won't even bother us. It won't even bother us. But the thing is, we'll be just fine, men and women of God. The riches of this world is temporary. And you can have all the money in the bank that you want. You can collect all that you want. But when it's all said and done, and when if we should live long enough that our bodies begin to fail us and our health begins to fail, what can money and how can money save you and me? If we are entering upon the judgment of God, what can money do to save us from God's judgment? I want you to be careful As you live out the remaining of your life. Know that we live by a different standard. Know that we cannot love the things of this world. We are to love the things that God loves and hate the things that he hates. And stop being so selfish. Don't allow this world to change you and me. Don't allow these hard, rich rulers or these employers that we have to change the core 
of who God has made us to be. But know that judgment is coming for them after a while. So there's no need for you to get back at them. Let God do it. Men and women of God, be blessed of the Lord today. And just be careful. Be careful with the idea of possibly becoming a lover of money. God bless you.